this week's host, Eddie Webb, and with me are my co-hosts, Dixie Cochran. Hello. And Matthew Tompkins. Gesundheit. <laughs> good good health to you as well. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, how have you both been doing? Well, I'm alright. I, I managed to deal <laughs> myself a mortal injury to my thumb. Oh yeah, if it's mortal you're dead, right? That's true, but luckily I came back. So uh, you're undead. He's yes, a vampire. So I you're prefer, actually a vampire now. I prefer unliving. No, no, nothing bit me. I'm more of a zombie. And, <laughs> and certainly, yes, I feel that way due to the heat as well. It's like groaning and occasionally peeling myself up from my computer chair, leaving half of my decomposing body behind. Otherwise, I am perfectly well. Uh, uh, yes, I did slice my finger open with... Uh, this is um, gratuitous, disgusting, horrific for anyone who wants to skip ahead by 20 seconds <laughs> on a thick piece of jagged glass, uh, which should have never been in my washing up bowl in the first place. And it successfully gouged a deep lump out of my thumb to the point that I bled copiously. My hand was a vision of... Ret- anyway, I think that's 20 seconds. So. <laughs> Thank you for filling that time, I guess. Was that? That's right. Uh, and Dixie, have you mortally wounded yourself in any way? Not recently. Um, <laughs> every time I go outside, I get eaten alive by bugs. So I started wearing bug spray, and it still doesn't always help. Bugs yeah. love me. Bugs love love to bite me. You and my wife, Michelle. Having a very itchy summer, um, which, is, which is normal for me, honestly. Like, I've, I, I've always been like this since I was a kid. Um, I'm also one of those people who welts really bad from like mosquitoes. Mm. So every now and then I'll go outside, especially if, if I forget the bug spray, I will come back in with like eight bites on my arm. I'm like, Jesus Christ, leave me alone, bugs. Um, but also the fact that bugs are so attractive to me means that maybe if I ever die, I could become an Oogie Boogie-esque character. Just a, <laughs> just a sack of bugs. Ooh, um, or a werewolf the forsaken antagonist. You'd play, you'd be a good host. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm just planning for the future, really. That's that's career goals, I guess. <laughs> Life goals. Sack of bugs. That's your aspiration. <laughs> hot bug summer. <laughs> I do. I do actually have a shirt that says "Hot Hot Goblin Summer." So you know. Oh, nice, nice. But yeah, doing okay, hanging out. Good. Yeah. Um. I mean, normally we don't take these recordings, but eh, whatever. I don't care. Um. We just got done with uh. Virtual Horror Con. Yeah. Mm, we did, we did. It was. And at the time you're listening to this, knock on wood, um, we should be in the middle of the Aether Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. From the middle, like in the beginning. Early yes, the prologue. Like three three or four days in. <laughs> we, will, we will not be at the beginning. We will not be at the end. It is therefore the middle. The antechamber. If, if one wants the foyer. To, yeah, I was going to say the foyer. Yeah. Uh, the the the, the uh, nave. Yes, uh, the portrait of Mrs. Eisenhower is just beyond the hall, so we've got to go in a couple of days yet. But oh. <laughs> I had uh, forgotten about the portrait of Mrs. Eisenhower. Excellent callback. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's going tremendously. Uh, and if it isn't, I'm sure it's going terribly. But we've got time to pick up. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I'm I'm 
judging by the enthusiasm that has been expressed so far on the blog, on our Discord, on our forum, uh, mm. you know, well concentrated to our most vocal fans because they like to discuss our games. Uh, it seems that there is hype there for Aether. Aether, call it what you like. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that that pleases me. Uh, it's it's a book that I, I conceptualized in many ways. I developed it, of course, mm. under the uh, steady hand uh, the the iron gauntlet of Eddie Webb, Ian A. A. Watson, <laughs> Rich Thomas. They they share one iron gauntlet between them. It's very uncomfortable, but it's, it it's, really is. It's capacious, you know. It's, it's like cap- a talking stick. It's a talking gauntlet. You know, you have to share it. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, there's fifth. There's room for fifteen digits in the same gauntlet. It's just they have to choose where to move it around. <laughs> Either way, uh, I developed that book, and uh, the writing team did a superb job. The art that's coming out for it looks wonderful and evocative, and uh, people already seem to be getting the impression that Thomas Edison is a prick, which I don't know. We just, yeah, we just wrote him true to life. So. <laughs> no, no, no changes required. Yeah. Um, there, there is there is often a uh, risk with the sort of entire Tesla Edison thing to think. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tesla seemed like a really good guy. Edison, what an asshole! Um, and I'm sure that both of them had their share of eccentricities. Oh, sure. But, but mm-hmm. um, Edison definitely. There's more recorded of his being a bit of a, a, a dick. Uh, historically, uh, and mm. some of that's carried over into Aether. Uh, one of the comments we've already had is, um, well, basically the, wondering if Edison is positioned to be an antagonist, and he isn't, uh, or, or rather his society in Aether isn't. The Unwinders, they are a playable society, but they very much want to control the use of Aether, where other societies are quite happy to use it freely experimentally despite the dangers that come with it uh you mm-hmm. probably see some parallels with mage the ascension there uh but i was it, just thinking that mm, yeah <laughs> uh, i mean it's it, there, there's a coincidental aspect to the fact that we just did victorian mage which of course also has traditions and technocracy but it isn't quite technocratic in the sense that uh Edison believes everyone is utterly incapable. Uh, That may well be what he says, but what he actually wants is to profit from the use of Aether strictly under his control. Uh, So if I was to put him in any technocratic bracket as things stand right now in Aether, I'd probably place him as a syndicate member. Uh, but you know mm-hmm. that that's that's crossover territory. Right now, we've got our own right. societies. We've got Edison in his unwinders. We've got the students of Tesla. We've got loads of things, and I'm sure we will do an Aether themed episode at some point. And of course, a lot of folks have already clocked the cover has like your your vampires and you know yeah Doctor Jekyll and stuff on it. Yeah, so that's, vampires. That's super cool. uh, where I think there's a someone firing out of a carriage at a werewolf. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a T Rex. And of course, at the very top, there's our wonderful Martians. Yeah, yeah, Indeed. can't can't escape the Martians from Mars uh, doing their invading. <laughs> As opposed to some Martians from elsewhere. I mean, they I could be. They could, could be. be Mars well, from Burma. The, the, the 19th century was an ignorant time. We just looked in the sky, <laughs> saw things shooting down at us, and thought, "Well, they must be from Mars." 
I mean, where else? Where else could they be? From? Right, right. There's only no other planets they could be from. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, I mean, in terms of distance, it makes most. If I wanted to invade Earth from the shortest distance, it'd be Mars or the Moon. Uh, right. But uh, that said, I'm not so hot on my astronomy that I could gauge the exact differential between Mars and Venus in terms of which one's closer and how far apart they are from us. But you also I, have I, dinosaurs, which is a wonderful nod to a lot of H.G. Wells's stories yep. and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Conan Doyle's, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Jules Verne. Uh, there's lots of, uh, f- lots of fun stuff. Uh, going on an Aether. So do check it out if you haven't already. I know that may not be why you're listening to this episode, but damn it, it's our show. And, <laughs> uh, and we're also very proud of the books that we work on because Will they're Will you give creations. us an oola? Uh, oola la. No. That, that's, a, that's the one of the Martians that invaded Paris and decided they liked it there. <laughs> Perfect. And I have no possible segue from that, so I'm not going to bother. So today, we are going to talk about Hunter the Vigil 2nd Edition. Speaking of Martians, no. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, no, nothing. Uh, you know, the file empty, nothing there. Speaking of people defending their home against invaders that are supernatural. Oh, well done, ah, Dixie. Very oh, good. Okay. Yeah, we, can see, we can tell why you're in charge of the Chronicles of Darkness. Right. You should, you, you should, you should be a host. It's great. I, I host a deviant. We're all we're all hosting books that we know, know, that we know nothing know. about, which is which is actually kind of fun. And you and you're a host to bugs. We go full circle. <laughs> and I'm an excellent host. If you come to my house, I will make sure you are fed and have a drink. Also, if, if I remember correctly, you can actually have a bee arm in Hunter of the Vigil. But uh, anyway, uh, so no, I actually have <laughs> some experience with first edition Hunter of the Vigil. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was. The first game I was professionally uh, involved with once I joined White Wolf. Uh, the game had just been developed, so I was I, I worked on uh, the jump starts uh, for it specifically. But when I came in house to White Wolf, Hunter the Gidget was the big game working on. Then, like pretty soon, I rolled into then guys. That was the first game I actually got to contribute to the brainstorming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I've been friends with Chuck Wendig for a while, and that was very much his joint was was first edition Hunter the Vigil. So I was excited that we were doing a second edition, and definitely there's a lot like most of our second editions. The 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 parts that I think really were good in Hunter the Vigil have more or less stayed the same, and there's some new additional material and some changes and nuances to to tighten it up and make it even cooler. So I'm excited to kind of go into this. Yeah, yeah, we had a really good team on this one, except for that Matthew Dawkins fella. He was the only person. We can get rid of him. Well, no, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, also, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I would quite happily say right here and now, with a fair share of bias, but I still think it's true that, and not to put us in competition with one of our licensing partners, but I do think Hunter the Vigil Second Edition does what it does the best, and I think it's such a complete work of role playing game goodness that it blows reckoning. And Vigil First Edition, which I truly love, mm-hmm. out of the water because it has the full scope of street level through to supernatural godliness, mm-hmm. all in one book, and it scales perfectly. It and I think uh, th- this is a it's a book that went through a number of iterations, development, assistant development, and the reason is because we wanted to get it perfectly right. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a, one of our second edition cores. They're always very important to us. And yeah, I think this 
book is a marvel. I hope more people check it out because it really deserves to be played. Yeah, de- definitely. I it 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 was held up a little bit. It went through some iterations, but it's it's exactly as Matthew says. It's because we were trying to make it the best book possible, and I think we did. In, mm-hmm. Like in the end, I feel like it all came together really, really well, and I'm very, very happy with it. Um. So yeah, absolutely. So for people who aren't familiar with Heart of the Vigil, I mean, it's it's one of the more self-explanatory games, but I will kind of give a quick quick overview. Um, it is basically about everyday people, everyday being in quotes, um, mm-hmm. but generally uh, uh, mundane people who are committed to saving the world they believe has been overrun by monsters. Um, and so there's a lot of terminology and symbolism around uh, uh, the vigil specifically and, and holding a candle against the darkness is a, is a metaphor that gets used a lot throughout this game. Yep. Um, and that works really well because not only is it the shining of light into dark corners, but also a candle ultimately only lasts for so long. Eventually it will burn out. Um, it will, the flame will flutter and flicker. Uh, and all of these are kind of metaphors for the vigil because it's not, it's, it's, it's its own thing. It takes a cost from people, uh, as they become more obsessed with the vigil, uh, they, they start to see monsters everywhere and each of their hunts pushes them further and further from a normal humdrum life. Um, it may seem a bit odd, but I really think a fantastic tone touch point of modern media for the Hunter Vigil is The Boys, uh, because it's very much a show about some average everyday people, and as the show goes on, they become, frankly, more and more monstrous mm-hmm. as they try to defeat people they themselves see are monstrous. And even though I, I, I always bring this up, I always bring up Buffy. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I think that specifically the arcs of characters like like Willow throughout the show. Yeah is a really good hunter metaphor because she starts off as just kind of a normal person and then she gets introduced to monsters and then by, you know, one of the later seasons, she's a bad guy for a little while. Right. And that's that's a really, really good like way of looking at what a hunter arc can be. And you don't have to fall to the darkness, obviously, in your chronicle. It's not like a cycle that you absolutely have to follow. Right. But it is a thing that can happen. And generally, a lot of your time, especially in the higher tier games, is spent trying to prevent that. Because, yeah. Because a, a fallen hunter, a completely fallen hunter, becomes a slasher. And that's kind of what you're fighting against for the most part. Right. So it is about how much are you willing to sacrifice and why are you willing to sacrifice, which I think makes it a very tonally mm-hmm. interesting game, particularly for something like Chronicles of Darkness. Because with World Darkness, the supernatural is relatively codified um mm-hmm. it's like yes there are strange things but usually it's either handcrafted or a very specific kind of slice of the world darkness whereas chronicles there's a lot more variation and nuance there so you're not entirely sure if the thing you're hunting is actually genuinely a, a monster or if it's just a bad person or if they're possessed or whatever so there's yeah. a lot of gray area and that and that make that grayness makes a hunter of the vigil game i think pretty compelling yeah, I'll say, like, what, what happens if you come up against, like, a changeling mm-hmm. who's genuinely just trying to live their life, you know, and, and not not really hurting people? Because changelings mostly only hurt people as, as collateral damage by other people coming after them. Mm-hmm. So does it make sense to kill one or not? Like, there's, there's so many questions when you put hunters up against the other splats. Because, like, if you put a hunter up against a deviant character, for instance, who's the monster? Right. Is it the deviant, the hunter, or should they team up to fight the people who made the deviant? 
because that's actually the biggest problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it is it is really all about gray area and nuance and how you see things. Um, some of the uh, compacts and conspiracies, which are some of the groups you can belong to in this, are a little bit extreme. And that's meant to reflect the kind of thing that Eddie was just talking about, really like the uh, boys, right? Because mm-hmm. like as as Butcher's crew has gone into season three, they've gotten a little more extreme in their methods. Yep. <laughs> and they stepped it up every single time. So now you're kind of watching a show where everyone's kind of a bad guy. Right. <laughs> and that's that's interesting because it's 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 a, a, a greater good situation at, at, at that point or lesser of two evils, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, OK, so. um. Dixie and Matthew are going to make characters for this. Uh, we'll guide them through the process. Yeah. Uh, um, so let's start with uh, step one. Step one, like with all of these games, has been character concept. So mm-hmm. basically just like a short phrase of what kind of character you're you're thinking of. I think that would depend. Do, do we want to do a higher tier character creation so that people can hear at least like a compact level? Or do we want to keep it at cell street level? So that's actually an interesting point. Um, the the way that, as written, the rules allow players to make their characters and then decide which tier they're going to opt into, and usually it's implied that the storyteller kind of can also say, "This is the kind of game we're playing." Um, I'm going to draw a bit from Deviant and say, "Let's actually take a step zero and talk about." In this hypothetical game, what tier do you want to play in? So mm-hmm. there's tiers for everyone's edification. Tier one is cells. And basically you're just, again, like the boys, you're just a group of people that have banded together to fight against monsters. Yeah. You, or like Buffy Scooby-ing. Right. Yeah. Everything you bring to the table is what you have. And that's all the resources you have. Uh, tier two are compacts. Uh, and compacts are larger organizations. Uh, um, we're talking level of like a mutual aid organization. So they share resources between cells. Uh, but it, it's, depending on the or, the compact, it's generally a little more decentralized. Um, and it's yeah. much more, we're seeing some commonalities and we, we find that our methods work together. So we're generally working together, but it, it's it's still, the, the team that you're making are going to be still a pretty strong focus. Yeah, and usually that, um, they're like local or citywide, you know, maybe statewide in a very, very small state. Right. Yeah. Yeah, very, very regional, effectively. Regional. That's a good word. Look at um, you. And then tier three is conspiracies, um, which are basically global active organizations. Uh, and we talked about how in Deviance, the same word conspiracy is used. And while they are doing slightly different things in each game, it is absolutely possible for a hunter conspiracy to have created a Deviant character. Yeah, probably in the name of trying to make a better hunter. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like it is these these hunter and deviant. I think tie the closest together. Mm-hmm. Like yes, you can hunt vampires, you can hunt werewolves, you can hunt all kinds of things. But I think that because of the word conspiracy and because we kind of were making these at similar times, mm-hmm. I love the idea that a hunter conspiracy, while outwardly are doing mostly good things, have like a secret division where they're making super soldiers. To, you know, fight the bad guys. But then the super soldiers get out and are like, no, you're the bad guys. Go away. Actually, that reminds me a lot of season four of Buffy. Mm-hmm. Right, that's, exactly. That's, that's, that's a lot of season four of Buffy. <laughs> I just realized that. That's totally fair. Um, so I'm curious what you guys are thinking. I, I'm thinking for the, the purposes of this show, um, maybe avoiding conspiracy tier. So it gets a little complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 let's go for compact, the happy middle ground. That works for me. 
Okay. Um, so the compacts in the book, I'll go through them real quick. Uh, there's the Long Night, which are Christian hunters who believe the surge in monster activity is a sign of the end times, and now they're fighting basically to try to stop that. Mm-hmm. The Loyalists of Thule, which are occultists and German descendants of the Thule Society who are in debt to humanity uh, based on their past sins. Um, Network Zero, which are basically savvy hunters using technology, photographs, and film in order to kind of basically act as uh, uh, punk rock independent reporters. Uh, Nine Stars, which is a Hong Kong-based compact of police officers and detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're more focused on the Slasher Chronicle, but anyone can play them. Uh, there's Null Mysterious, uh, which are scientists that research the paranormal and selectively share their findings in order to kind of get word out about the supernatural. Uh, Sworn, which are indigenous hunters living in urban areas to defend and help local communities from predatory humans as well as supernatural monsters. In the Union, which are much more blue-collar hunters who band together to stop the the supernatural, Mm kind of like a Union. Yeah, and of course, just like with any game, like with our Deviant game, you can be from different compacts and still be helping each other. Like, it is totally fine if, like, your your group of hunters is made up or your 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 cell is made up of a couple different compacts right. or even multiple compacts um right. because maybe you're on a mission together you've joined up for some reason yeah um, in my experience however i do feel like um it's generally better if the group is either all in the same compact or generally share the same compact yes i i i agree or, 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 you know, give the compacts a reason to work together. Right, exactly. Um, it's not like, uh, say, Requiem, where it's expected that everyone's playing part of a, a different group and they're all kind of working together. This is one more like when you generally assume, more like, mm-hmm. the, uh, say, Trinity, where you're all soon to be part of the same allegiance. Right, right, exactly. Um, but yeah, there, there, there are some that work together better than others, obviously. Like probably the occultists and the Christian hunters don't work very well together. Right. Although, you know, that can lead to all kinds of interesting odd couple moments. Oh, true, absolutely. True. I'm I'm feeling the union or network zero, personally. What do you think, Matthew? The character concepts I have in mind would fit in the union. Um, but I'm I'm leaning towards null mysterious. Um Mm-mm-mm. So let's go different. Let's be different. Uh, I'm going to be I'll Network f- Zero then, and we can work together. I was yeah, thinking okay. that th- that's a pretty good combination because, like, No Mysterious does research and Network Zero gets the information out. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, then now we're back to character concepts. Yeah, but I like knowing the compact first, personally, sure, sure. in this game or or the conspiracy, because obviously I'm going to make a, probably a different character if I'm going to be a blue collar hunter mm-hmm. versus an right. occultist, right? Like, yeah. those are very different ideas. So this is one of the kind of few games where I recommend people figure that out earlier. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, in step one, it does say if you're stuck, it does encourage you to look at the compact's conspiracies to see if one of those interests you. So, I mean, this we're not breaking the rules, quote-unquote. This is I'm exactly the how the game is written. It's just more that you're right. Um, group matters a lot more in this game than in previous games. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, Matthew said you had a concept in mind. Yes, I'm going to go for a paramedic who has seen things he can't explain. Okay. Uh, as part of his uh, role in Null Mysterious, he is a uh, essentially a messenger of information. Uh, while he isn't going to be the most learned of occultists, he is someone who is going to be able to record that kind of information based on victims found 
with unexplained injuries and so on, and uh, deliver it to the compact that recruited him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you, Dixie? I think I'm going to go more with the kind of like ghost huntery, extremely online conspiracy theorist person. Oh, the kind of person that streams your haunted house explorations on Twitch kind of stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but also, I'm trying to be like, this is real. And people are like, no, it's not. Um, so they're probably like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably quite doubted except by, by, by my compact. I can see the pixels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's too many pixels. Everything is pixels, damn it. Um, How do you think we met? Uh, I think that I was filming somewhere where you were interviewing people, probably. Okay. Like, we were recording the same situation. Mm. And we decided to work together because you take down a lot of details and I get all the documentation as far as video and photography. Yeah, maybe I I received a call for a a John Doe. uh, You know, the, the ambulance heads out there. Uh, because it's called in as an emergency, you have your uh, police interceptor radio or whatever right. it happens to be. And by the time I'm there to pick up the body with my partner, you're already there with your camera out like some charlatan. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And yet, you know, you track me down after the, the case at the local paramedics bar where you grew me information <laughs> and we realize we've actually got more in common. This death can't be explained through mundane means. There's no way you can fall on bullets that way, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. And then, you know, we can we can research together. Yeah. And of course, now I'm trying to think of a name for a paramedic bar, but it's not important, not relevant for this. Um it's okay, so uh, you can pick three aspirations for each of your characters. The bleeding um, aorta. <laughs> the bleeding aorta. That's a terrible name. I was thinking the flatline, but oh, that's oh, much I better. like the flatline. Yeah, well, fine. You know, I'll just go off with my own bar. I'll have there my you bleeding aorta. The, and you... the rival bars. Yeah, exactly. You can go drink at the flatline like all the cool paramedics. <laughs> and I just like drinking there because the name is macabre. Exactly. So, um, so apparently that's potentially one of your aspirations is form a start a bar. Um, <laughs> a hunter bar. A hunter bar. Okay, uh, this, pick... this game's got legs. <laughs> I mean, now uh, now we're just in supernatural territory as far as the right. TV show. Or, or Angel. We'll have a karaoke uh, section so monsters can come in and tell us their, <laughs> their, their truths and tragedies. <laughs> and then we can decide whether we trap them and kill them. Excellent, excellent. I, I think we're the bad guys already. <laughs> Welcome to Hunter oh, the Vigil. Are we the baddies? Right. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so uh, we, because this is isolated character creation, and also, personally, it's like sometimes you don't know what your aspirations are until you play for a session or so. Yep. Um, so, I mean, if you just if you, if you know some immediately, jot them down. If you find some during the course of character creation, you go back and jot them down. You want to shoot for a mix of short-term and long-term. Short-term mm-hmm. are things you can kind of do in a game session, and long-term it may take up. A, a few adventures to kind of resolve so yeah if i think of anything i will put it down but right now i'm not going to worry about that because yeah. i i like 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 you just said tend to like to play at least like a session zero or like mm-hmm. part of a session one before i really start like defining aspirations right because otherwise i find that i like put one down and then it just ends up not making sense in the story and i'm like well damn it and i mean once again you can change it after a, 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 a session if you want to sure but I mean, it's my like main thing is like it's like oh you know capture a vampire on film and then we don't have vampires in our game. Mm-hmm. I will say um, for this game specifically. Uh, so in 
all Chronicles Darkness games, I do encourage people to take at least one short-term aspiration because yeah. that does lead to experiences. Oh, yeah. uh, so you want to make sure that while you're finding your character, you can still get that check off of getting experience. And for Hunter specifically, I don't see a problem with having a short-term aspiration of hunt a monster because that's a thing that you should be doing. Obviously, as the game goes on, I won't I wouldn't accept that kind of aspiration because it's pretty obvious. But for the very first game, as you're learning how to play the game, I think it's perfectly valid, personally. Fine, I'll hunt a monster. Got it. Right. I mean, what else would you do in a hunter game? Apparently, open a bar. That's, that's yeah. what I'm hearing. Well, it's a slice of life hunter game. I have an aspiration in mind. I'm, I want to find out what killed Timmy Smith. Okay. Timmy Smith was the, uh, the kid that I discovered uh, that first got me into this hunter shindig. An unexplained death of supernatural means. We can come up with the details later. Absolutely. Uh, maybe all of his internal organs were missing. And uh, nothing, nothing uh, in modern science could explain that kind of thing. But damn it, the, the office, as I call the hospital, uh, said, <laughs> treat it as natural causes. I wasn't going to take that. But yet I have still not found the kind of creature, the kind of organization that would do such a thing to poor Timmy, whose family never came looking for him. He just had a, a simple student ID on him that identified him as Timmy Smith. So I'm the only person that cares. I'm the only wanna, person that cares about this kid. I want to point out that we're half an hour in and we're on step one. <laughs> well, it's because this is this, this game is that inspirational. <laughs> well, I mean, that and also, I, I think, arguably more than the other games, this is a game where the, really nailing the concept is helpful. Yeah. Um, because unless you get into like a conspiracy tier, you don't have like cool powers to wrap a concept around. Yeah. Necessarily. And I, like, I, I definitely want to be a conspiracy theorist who happens to be right, right? Because that's I always fun. think that's a fun concept. Like you know, you like see it in like Independence Day and all, all kinds of things where there's, there's, there's always the one old guy who's like, it's aliens, and everybody's like, ha, it's stupid old guy, and then it is aliens. But that could be a cool aspiration. It's like one of my, you know, prove one of my theories right. Mm -hmm. I, I have never once played with someone who wants to be Randy Quaid. <laughs> I mean, I've played with Randy Quaid, and he didn't want to be Randy Quaid. <laughs> I just feel like it's a fun character concept. You <laughs> Randy uh, Quaid does want to be Randy Quaid. Yeah, yes. for the sake of our legal team, I have never played with Randy Quaid. <laughs> and never there's, also, there's also a really good example of that character archetype in the movie Eight-Legged Freaks, which I unapo unapologetically love. Yeah, I saw it in the cinema. Good film. Yeah, it's I'll, a good movie. I'll say for the sake of our legal team that we have no legal team. But anyway. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Roddy Quaid's uh, coming for us now. Step two, anchors. Uh, so now we flesh out our character's drives. Um, so you have three anchors, which are a virtue, a vice, and a touchstone. Mm -hmm. uh, virtue is a one-word description of something that uh, uh, defines your character in, in your best self, uh, and vice is reflects their worst self. Mm. So we'll start with well, those. My virtue is charity. Uh, okay. I think it naturally fits my profession as a paramedic. That mm -hmm. I don't like seeing anyone suffer. And I will put myself in harm's way to help them. Uh, my vice, however, is self-doubt. Okay. Uh, I am very much prone to questioning the mission I have undertaken for myself, knowing that it has put other people at risk and, and jeopardized my chance of actually getting a, a job that I enjoy. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Dixie? I didn't see that. Um, I am going to pick my virtue as curious. Okay. Because um, I think that she, like, you know, if you ever watched Ted Lasso, one of the big things is be curious, not judgmental. And I think right. that she's very good at being curious and not just writing things off. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use for my vice, which is like racist. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, it was a guess. <laughs> I was gonna say more like rushes into things without thinking. Oh well, that's better. What's there's a there's a word for that. Maybe I don't think she gets angry right away, but I think that she's just like impetuous. Yes, let's let's go with impetuous. <laughs> okay. Like she just runs, like runs, runs into things without thinking them through. She's not as careful as she could be. So it sounds like what you're really shooting for is kind of both the positive and negative version of of curiosity. It's the, yes. you know curiosity, but also curiosity killed the cat. Yes. Exactly. Because um, I I think that's fun to be kind of the virtue and the vice, be two sides of of the same coin sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where it's like I'm curious, but I'm also brash, and I will just like walk into something that I shouldn't walk into. Right. That's also just a fun character concept in general because it keeps action going. Sure, absolutely. Uh, because I can make bad decisions. <laughs> right, because I, I can say, here's a dangling thread. You go, oh, I want to go get that. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you go, it's full of monsters. And I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> right. Got, got me again. Stupid monsters. Uh, okay, then you also pick a touchstone. Um, this is someone your character feels safe around, but isn't the hunter, someone you trust, reminds you what you're fighting for, keeps you grounded. That, that kind of literally is a human touchstone for your hunt, your vigil. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and again, if you have one now, that's great. But if not, we can come back and fill it later. I do, I do. Okay. Uh, I have gone for a, a character I put into the V five playtest way back when. I have a drug dealer and drug, well, probably more likely a drug user uh, by the name of Baggy, uh, mm-hmm. who is basically my frequent flyer as a paramedic. I picked him up off the street corner more times than any other client. And uh, as much as it's a, a self-destructive relationship, uh, I have certainly grown affection for the uh, for the old fool and and his mm. problems. And I would do anything to help him, although I know really he needs to help himself. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dixie? Do you have one yet, or are you going to get back? I have that? put a best friend in there as okay. someone I think that my character grew up with, because you know, like every very weird person usually has a friend who's kind of normal right and i'm gonna go with me being the weird friend in this and this is my like kind of norm core friend who people look at us and they're like why are you friends and we're like i don't know norm core yeah amazing have you never heard that word before no i haven't oh okay (laughs) so yeah so i have i have a friend who's who's very much like probably got got her shit together Mm -hmm. and like doesn't want to come over to my house anymore, my apartment, because it's probably terrible and full of computers. Right. Um, but, you know, we go have drinks occasionally, and she's my best friend. Terrible and full of computers, the hundredth vigil story. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so next we get to attributes, and much like the past two games we've done, um, we prioritize the categories. You put five dots in your primary category, four in your secondary, and three in your tertiary. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went for obviously we start with our automatic one in each. Yep. Uh, I have gone for five spread across social, uh, largely concentrated on composure. Uh, you need to you need to be able to hold things together, uh, especially when you're a paramedic. Um, however, uh, I've my resolve is comparatively low. Uh, my mental I've, is where I spent four points primarily in intelligence for my medicinal knowledge. Okay. Or at least first aid knowledge. And physical is my tertiary. The thinking of buffing it up as I gain experience points because I'm going to need it. Sounds like a plan. How about you, Dixie? 
I was distributing still. Oh. I have actually gone for a very similar spread to Matthew. Uh, my my uh, mental is going to be first with resolve at four and mm-hmm. end at three, but I'm going to keep wits at one because once again, I just blunder into shit. Um, composure at three, manipulation at two, and presence at two for my mm-hmm. secondary. And then dexterity at three and stamina at two for my tertiary. So we are not super strong, but you don't have to be super strong to shoot people. So, you know. No, and you know what? A good storyteller, Eddie, will tailor the game to fit our skills. <laughs> right. Okay, so you're going to be grappling werewolves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All the time. Well, no, it's similar to like, remember when I ran the Trinity game, neither of you yeah. were combat houses, so I didn't introduce a whole bunch of combat into that yeah, game. Yeah. So yeah, exactly right. That's exactly what you should do. I mean, I wasn't terribly good at flirting, and yet there was still that awful scene. Which was amazing, and I loved it. It was so awkward. I was excellent at hacking, because all my hacking was bullshit. <laughs> It was bullshit. It was not real world hacking at all. I was picturing you as Hugh Jackman in Swordfish. Speaking of flirting and Am hacking, Randy now... Quaid and Hugh Jackman. <laughs> what a what a amalgam! That's a deviant Randy renegade Jackman. style hybrid. What is your character's happening? name? Is Randy Jackman? Randy Jackman sounds like he's from a very different genre. Of sense until you said that yeah now it's, i was just now, thinking of like a person i know who's a woman named randy you know and i was like oh that's not, that, that that could work and then you yeah. said that now i can't i can't do it yeah. <laughs> you want to do the porn parody of Hunter the I, Vigil? I do not <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway uh skills are next um again you prioritize in three categories you do not get any free dots in any of these um uh, but you put 11 dots into your primary category seven in your secondary and four into your tertiary well, I put 11 in mental, uh, primarily focusing on medicine, uh, mm-hmm. and I've also added my speciality to medicine, uh, emergency aid. Okay. Uh, I put a couple of dots each in investigation and occult, and spread one dot across a bunch of other skills. Uh, my secondary skill pool is in physical, uh, where I have put it primarily into drive. Three dots there, speciality mm, ambulance. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. Uh, and uh, then spread the rest of the dots around athletics, brawl, and survival. And uh, finalizing with a lowly four dots spread across uh, social, with two in empathy, speciality, where's the pain? And uh, putting the last two in persuasion and streetwise. Nice. I like it. I like it. I like it. How about you, Dixie? Um, I am still determining my last four, but I put my eleven uh, obviously also into mental. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have four dots on computer with okay. a specialization in dark web, mm-hmm. being able to find weird shit. Dark web. Dark web. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know. I probably <laughs> phrase that better. I was making this for an actual character, but whatever. Uh, I have three dots on investigation, which I haven't put a specialty for yet, but I'll probably just put, like, you know, monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, two in academics and two in occult. Uh, for social, I have three in subterfuge, because I think she's good at getting into places that she shouldn't, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although maybe I should actually change it to stealth. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my seven in physical as well, but I'm going to get, be very stealth heavy. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give myself a couple dots of firearms. A little bit of larceny, because you got to steal shit. Mm-hmm. And no survival, because that's that's fine. So just, just stealth, larceny, and firearms. Um, and then my four dots are going to be in social, mm-hmm. which will be in uh, persuasion, streetwise, and subterfuge. Okay. Because she has to be able to talk her way into places like abandoned hospitals and shit she shouldn't be in. Right. Or, you know, convince someone that she should actually be here. Yes. 
I'm 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 supposed to be here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so we've already actually already done step five too, which is th choosing three skill specialties. So well done for that. Uh, now we're at the uh, apply templates. In this case, it's the tier specific template. Uh, so um, hunters, specifically all hunters, no matter what, get access to what are called tactics. Um, this is not something an individual character takes, but rather uh, three tactics for the cell as a whole. So something mm -hmm. that we, we jointly decide on. Yes. Uh, um, and uh, so tactics are special things that your characters can do and give you a, a bonus in very specific uh, circumstances. Mm -hmm. uh, despite the name, they're not always physical. Uh, there can be mental tactics. Mm -hmm. um, and then there also are our social tactics. So uh, they, they do start on page 155, but I'm going to call out a couple that I think might be useful for this group as I've been hearing about it so far. Um, one is a mental tactic of profiling, um, which is basically about uh, talking to witnesses, hacking databases, getting information, using that to compile a snapshot of what the monster might be doing now. Does anybody have empathy to an investigation to? My God, I do. Okay, well, then we can take that one. And that's basically points out that um, there are requirements uh, before the group and the primary actor, i.e. the person who initiates that has to have certain requirements, but then all the secondary actors have to have some way to contribute. Yeah, and I, I, I can contribute to that. But you can't be the primary actor. But I can't be the primary actor. Right. But I have investigation three, so mm -hmm. I can help. <laughs> um, related... Uh, I. Don't think uh, no, you don't have, we haven't gotten social marriage yet, so we may have to because I was looking at monster lore. Mm -hmm. um, but the requirements, well, secondary requirements, are uh, two plus in in context or, or compact status, which we haven't gotten to yet. But it should be easy to get if we wanted to look at that. Mm -hmm. um, another one maybe that might work is capture, um, which is actually just capturing uh, a, a monster rather than killing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are no requirements that I can see. Um, so it might just be useful to have. Um, it, it's, it does require things like dexterity plus survival or crafts. Um, mm -hmm. So there's the skills that you will look at and look at for later. Yeah. I mean, right now we're probably quite dreadful at it, but that's fine. Again, uh, it just means <laughs> we've got something to put our experience in. If we um, also, uh, specifically for uh, Dixie's character, uh, having expose as a social tactic. A shining light on a particular area. What, what uh, page is that on? I just want to look at it. Uh, that is on page 160. Um, and, and basically, it, that's more, you have to have information. Requirement is you have to actually I, know the identity of the target. Mm -hmm. So it's more, you have to have conditions. To yeah, like informed that. or a successful tactic like profiling. So that actually right. makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think it's just expose on expose, but it could be expose. I don't know. Maybe you oh, expose, could be expose them yeah. and then you write an expose. Right. I suppose I like either, profiling either and expose for ice. Do do we want to have one that's more Matthew based? Well, I mean, the profiling is very me. Hmm. Um, I the mental one that was appealing to me at the start. So let me just find it again. Are you looking at maybe freeing mine? Uh, no, I was looking at identification. I mean, oh, okay. we're not. I don't think I'm particularly... I'm not excellent at it, but that would be five dots in the intelligence plus occult. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I can certainly do that. 
Uh, yeah, I, so. and that's that's one that both of us could work as primary actor for. Yeah. yeah. So if we're investigators first, and um, so yeah, uh, identification. It's a three-step program. Identify, identify, profile, expose. Yeah, actually, I was thinking that, the, the time well. The, yeah, no, that actually that ties up really well. <laughs> the other is like, is that a monster? Where's the monster going to strike next? Expose the monster tactics. Get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Also, uh, if you write them in a different order, it spells pie on your sheet. Ah, we're the pie team. <laughs> the pie team. Yes. The Excellent. pie club. Uh, and also because you are both uh, members of a compact, you get a free dot in the status merit for your respective combats. Or compacts. Um, and then in the compact, uh, you get certain benefits for them. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, for the Null Mysterious at status one, uh, you you get um, you can attend any Null Mysterious meeting you wish, and you get a free paranormal skill specialty in either academics, occult, or science. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think I will probably go for occult and put it down as um, I'm thinking of. I don't want it to be too broad, like monster identification, and yet. i do feel uh let's let's assume we are tracking down in particular i'm going to pick a monster out of my hat uh we'll go for the created because the prometheans need more picking on Uh, that's true (laughs) yeah so i'm going to have uh, an occult specialization when it comes to created those poor things yeah i actually get a second specialty and in computers at this level yep um, so I'm going to do that. So I'm going to take Dark Web and I'm going to take, let's just go for it. Let's just make the hunter version of my Trinity character and make her a hacker. Sure. Why not? Because, yeah, I was trying to do something besides hacking, but now I just want to be a hacker. The other option, the other option you can look at is something like, um, uh, cinematography. Um, like actually filming things and making sure that you're getting, making it as realistic looking as possible so people can discount like would that be not... a computer role or a crafts role because i feel like that's more of a crafts oh that's true that would be more of a crafts thing. situation that's fair and I, I don't have any dots in crafts right now okay maybe, well then maybe something maybe I should in the future one i don't know right yeah maybe i'll take one out of academics and put it in crafts just so that i have like i can film things and photograph things right okay cool um so now uh we also look at cell creation uh, and basically, if we if we wanted to play through your characters forming a cell, then we just skip this. Uh, but the default assumption is that when you make a cell, you've been through at least a couple of hunts together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like just through the conversations we've had, uh, that you, know, you talked about how you met, um, and we've already talked about uh, potentially a safe place to meet up. I'm talking about this bar, so that might be uh, a merit mm-hmm. first, a, mer- a safe place merit to consider. Fine, we'll go with a flat line. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Um, and then, uh, you know, you know, things like, you know, do you want to share touchstones? Do you want to allies, context, mentor? Mm. This is really more uh, things to think about as you go into the merit selection because while there are merits in every game that can be shared, Shared merits are a much bigger part of the hunter experience. Mm-hmm. So it makes more sense to get a sense of what you want the cell to be so you can be a little more strategic in how you want to actually buy your merits. Yeah. Let's look at some merits. So, yeah, let's go into the merits. Because like I said, I think we've kind of covered that already. 
Uh, so you have uh, seven dots. Obviously, you must meet all of your merits requirements to purchase it. Um, you will also get a free dot in the professional training merit represents the field of knowledge a character either already has or seeks to acquire knowledge in. This is basically your life outside of the vigil and what those, what those skills are bringing to the table. That's a free dot, you said? Yes, that's a free dot. Yeah. And we also get a free dot for our status, which is cool. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, so I've already selected my merits. Okay. Uh, so I have gone for investigative aid medicine. Uh, by by rationale, this character should be a doctor in a hospital, not a paramedic. But but damn it, she is committed to the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so uh, does have investigative aid medicine because I've got three dots in it. I've taken language Spanish. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, deciding my character may well be Mexican by birth, mm-hmm. uh, and I think you know it's always useful to be able to uh, speak an additional language, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I went for tolerance for biology again, useful that's given the profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's only a one dot merit as well, which is quite nice. Uh, and then I went for an expensive one, crack driver, oh. uh, which is a three dot merit. How I've purchased it anyway, uh, which basically allows me to perform uh, evasive maneuvers in a vehicle as a sort of a reflex of action. It's quite nice. Yes, uh, I've taken. So the last one I had taken was contact. Mm-hmm. And I was going to sort of apply it to the streets, but if we think that this would be better pooled into a safe place, merit, um, then I'm happy to move it around. Otherwise, it's my compact uh, status and professional training beyond that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would like... say that I'm okay being the person who purchases safe place. Because I feel like my character is probably a little paranoid. Okay. And so I can bring you into my safe place if I need to. Okay. Um, if, you, if you do if that, you're going to have to also invest in resources. In resources, right. Right. If you want to give me a dot, you can. But I can do it without that. Well, again, if Matthew takes a dot, he'll also take out the resources to cover the safe place. Mm-hmm. One feature per dot. Okay. Say a couple dots on that at least. Mm. I'm going to go with concealed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like I don't have an address, right? And home security. Okay. And for listeners, um, each dot allows you access to one feature, and then those features basically allow certain things. It, it's not. It, it, it's equivalent to like the Haven merit from Requiem, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's obviously a little more pulled together. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm okay. just I'm just flipping through the merits. Like, I guess Matthew pre-made his character. No, no, no. It's uh, just I wasn't listening to Eddie while he was talking. Oh, uh, that's, that's that makes fair. sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> it's, it's pretty typical, to be honest. Are Are you guys still thinking of the safe place as the bar? Uh, I think the safe place is probably my apartment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, the bar. The bar isn't a safe place. The bar can still be a fun set piece. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but I don't think it's our actual safe place. I think if we want safe place, we need to go to my house. Mm. Okay, that's fair. Um, looking through, you may want to consider library merit, although as your computer rather than like a physical library. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that you could. That would make sense. Consider. Um, I'm going to take at least one thing in marksmanship because I right. I, I took firearms so. I'm glad one of us did. 
Yeah, having someone well, just in case I want to be able to shoot something, and I have the prereqs for that. I have composure and resolve at three dots, and firearms at two dots. So mm, very nice. Okay. So I can take marksmanship. I'm just going to take the uh, one dot version for right now. Sure, but it gives me an aim bonus, which is nice. Hmm. And then I've still got two dots to go. Where's our game set, Eddie? Um, honestly, you know, I hadn't really thought through, but usually for these kinds of games, I just set it in whatever area is convenient to either me or to the collective group. Yeah. Um, since we're distributed, I probably would set it in Atlanta again because it's mm-hmm. an area I know. Um, but uh, I'm also open to other options. No, I think Atlanta's good. It's nice and cosmopolitan. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like At least two it. of us are really familiar with it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just blag it. Or I'll, I'll be a, a stranger in a strange land. Uh, um, you know what? I'm going to take sleight of hand so I can pick locks and things. Okay. And like lift small things. The other like, thing I was debating, considering is maybe you taking medium as part of the reason why you're a conspiracy theorist is that you actually can hear ghosts and no one believes you. I thought about it, but I'd, I think I'd rather go with her being like kind of a normal person. Okay. Yeah more than somebody who has any supernatural ability. Because I did look at a couple of those, and I was just like, yeah, this isn't really what I want to do with this character. Yeah, I think I I think that Sleight of Hand makes sense so she can, like, you know, lift thumb drives and break into places and what have you. Right. It, it allows me to make larceny actions as reflexive actions. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, then um, there's also, now we're at step eight, which is term advantages. Um, most of this is just Running our numbers or doing some simple math. Uh, mm-hmm. So size is five, health is size plus stamina, speed is five plus strength, dexterity, blah, blah, blah. Um, so let you all kind of go through that. Uh, your integrity starts at seven. Integrity is basically how integrated into society you are and how your, your mm-hmm. self-perception is holding together. Right. Uh, so as, you're integri- as you do more things that take you away from how you self how you think of yourself and also how society thinks of you, your integrity goes down and eventually right. you potentially, like Dixie said, maybe become a slasher or otherwise just fall out of society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get three uh, experiences to spend on traits however you want. How many yes. experiences? Uh, th- uh, you have three. So um, that means you can get, uh, spend two experiences for a skill dot. You can spend experience to get a new skill specialty. Uh, merits are one experience per dot. Uh, you can. Um, yes, page seventy-four. You can increase your integrity by one for two experiences. Uh, who wants integrity, really? I'm going to. <laughs> uh, yes, I will add another dot to my investigation, so that's two. And I think I will add um, a special specialty for only one. Uh, two investigation to crime scene. Nice. I am going to add a dot of crafts, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to add a specialty of like filmmaker, essentially. Okay, so the thing we talked about earlier, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like adding that on there now as an actual thing. Um, and filmmaker can be with your phone, you know. Just absolutely, yeah, I yeah. am. I am. I'm excellent at framing things and making compelling uh, visuals. Right. Um. So yeah. And, and that's basically it. So um, if you look at this compared to, like, say, the mummy character I made or the um, deviant characters we made, there's a lot more emphasis on skills and merits in yeah. this version. Um, 
you, I mean, if you play uh, with conspiracies, they have access to what are called endowments, and those are much more kind of explicitly powers. You can have things like um, advanced armory, which gives you access to cool technical weapons, or benediction, which is basically you know uh, religious magic mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's more into your kind of traditional hunter the um, vigil or forsaken style, right? Uh, reckoning, whatever. Hunter the reckoning style. You have magic <laughs> powers as a hunter if you want to play that game. Uh, but since we picked compacts, it's much more about okay, my status in the compact gives me access to things that I can then yeah use. Yeah. And some of them are less supernatural and more just really good equipment, like right. uh, like a like maybe supernaturally powered. But a lot of the stuff for I think Vasku and Valkyrie. Is just like mostly weapons, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, Val- other things too, but yeah. Valkyrie's advanced armory, um, and like uh, Chiron Group has like Thalm Tech, which is basically technology, but also a little bit of magic shoved in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Elixir, which is basically actually just alchemy, but it's different potions you can drink. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's it's definitely uh, lower stakes than some of the supernatural characters, but that's kind of the point. Is that at that level, yes, you have access to superpowers, but it still doesn't make you on the same level as those creatures, so you still need to work together. Mm-hmm. The one thing that a lot of folks uh, sometimes overlook that they really shouldn't overlook is cell equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is, starting on page 278, there's equipment charts, and you can also use the equipment charts from the Chronicles core book. Mm-hmm. Um, because you should probably have some equipment as this. And right. some of them are services, even. Um, which is, which is really cool. Um, but then also there's, you know, weapons and things, which is nice. Right. And also, and vehicles. Um, and you could build equipment too. Like, so, um, it's a bit of, mm-hmm. not intentionally, but like in the same space, it's still be rising evolution in the sense of you can actually improvise equipment, you can modify and, and make it more useful. Um, so you can get custom stuff for your hunt. Yeah. Uh, uh, because again, that's another area where hunters are better than to do magic creatures because they're going to rely on their powers. They don't need to worry about these things. Whereas as a hunter, it's like, okay, I, we need to find a way to climb this wall. So we need to basically get a, a rocket propelled grappling hook to go up this wall and ma- mm-hmm. make that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's just something that like when you're do- when you're when you're playing hunter specifically, you should really think about your equipment. I know that if you're playing like vampire, you don't have to think about it because you have your powers. And you mm-hmm. may have like a knife or a gun, who knows? But you, you're a vampire. You can just eat people. But when you're playing hunter, <laughs> you generally want to be like, I have weaponry for this hunt. Right. And also, again, tactics are actually really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, like the identification one that we took. Um, yeah, it, you, the basic is you learn that they're a, hum, uh, a human, a hunter, or a savage creature. But also you learn one of their anchors, one of their aspirations, the location of their home. And that's the basic success. Yeah. Except for success, you get even more information. Um, And and you have the informed condition, which like we talked about before, the informed condition can then be used for profiling. Um, And profiling advantages, basically, it's like you find out, again, it's anchors, desperations, it's potency, and actually one of its mentor social traits. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, tactics require you to have a group to use them, but they could be really, really good. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the point of Hunter. It is a group game. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that... All of the Chronicles games are group games on some level, but I think that this one very much is like the characters need to be interconnected and they need to rely on each other. Yeah, very right. much so. And in a in a, in a much more like we in uh, the the upcoming book 
kith and kin, we have some like motley oaths, which mm-hmm. has like, a, a, a kind of similar feel. But that's more of a like, if you break this, bad things will happen. Whereas this is more like you're expected to help each other um, because you're the only thing holding the fight against the darkness, right? Right. Like if you're in a compact, you know, there's at least a few more people out there. But if you're playing at cell level, this is once again, I'm going to go back with Buffy because it's it's easy to talk about. Like really in Sunnydale until later, only Buffy and her like four friends know that there are monsters, mm-hmm. right? Um, granted, later on, more people find out, more more things happen as as it gets bigger and bigger. But a lot of it is about being like the only people who stand between monsters and humans, right? Um, which I think is a really cool theme to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I I always recommend like yes, we just made compact characters to start with, partially just so we could add a few more things onto there. Yep. But like, I always recommend starting it at at, at cell level with this game. Unless you really want to go play like the big supernatural campaign and then go 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 for conspiracy. But like I think starting at cell and working your way up through the course of a chronicle is a really, really cool way to play this game. Right. And that's one thing that I think this game has over all other Chronicles games is that there is upper mobility. You can go into a compact and then you get all the benefits of that compact immediately as soon as you get status. And then if you want to, you can defect and join a conspiracy. Yeah. Or you can join um, a different compact. Right, yeah. So, I mean, you can socially move around in a way that it's really hard or impossible in other games to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's assumed that, like, okay, if you're, like, at Sanctum, you're just going to be, like, at Sanctum pretty much the entire time unless something really unusual happens. It's not uncommon for hunters to move around. They they can't hold uh, joint allegiances. That's something that Second Edition specifically rules out now because a hunt is so intense and, vamp- and as monsters become more and more prevalent, you need to devote yourself to one. But if you're willing to burn that bridge and go to a different group, you absolutely can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely, definitely. So that is it for Hunter Character Grayson. And yes, we took a long time to start, but you saw that once we had a cool concept, the other pieces fell into place real, very fast. Yeah. Even more so than some of the other two games we, we walked through. Yeah. It is is interesting. I was looking at some of the conspiracies, um, which we didn't go super into, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I was looking at them and and trying to figure out if there was a conspiracy that Matthew and my characters would join. Mm -hmm. And, like, probably Council of Bones? Mm -hmm. Which one's that that one? That's uh, scholars, activists, and occultists who serve the living by contacting ghosts and spirits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I don't think, like, maybe Ascending Ones, they use elixirs. I don't think we would go Chiron Group. Or, no, because they're a basic corporation. Or Malleus Maleficarum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we go Lucifuge. Maybe Vasku, though. I mean, that's a you know maybe, maybe Vasku, yeah, because they're psychic agents and you know investigators. Yeah, so we could like you know eventually develop psychic powers, mm-hmm. which would be cool. Um, but yeah, like I was just looking at it, thinking like I could definitely see a few ways to get into this, and also the book has a ton of advice for making your own tactics your own endowments your own conspiracies your own compacts so if none of the options that are in the book appeal to you like make your own it's it's really really easy to figure out like a you know basic drive for a compact and a basic theme for one and the possibilities are fairly endless especially if you consider all the different media that 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 we've talked about like if you wanted to make the boys as a compact as like a weird anarchist group (laughs) Mm -hmm. full of people who just want to burn it all down that's that's a valid choice for a compact it's going to be a pretty high octane game compared to what matthew and i just made right but like it's valid 
Mm -hmm. And also you can do fun stuff like we talked about before where it's like if a one group has made a conspiracy in their deviant game, you can say, okay, cool. How, I can replicate that into a, mod, a custom conspiracy in Hunter if I wanted to play like, okay, like another group that's the rival characters and bounce mm -hmm. back and forth between the games of like, you play, you play a game of your deviant characters to go and wreck stuff and then you jump to a game of the agents following behind them and trying to pick up the pieces. Yeah, I also just realized that another really good touchstone for this is uh, Peacemaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Which is definitely a sell. And also, if you've seen that show, having the twist of what the one guy ends up being would be actually kind of a fun twist for a Hunter mm -hmm. game. Like, oh, we've been listening to this guy give us orders, and suddenly he's maybe a, ba a bad guy? We right. don't know. But that's also a really good example of people with very disparate um, talents coming together. Yeah, and also, um, it's it's a, I think it's a pretty good example of like say a compact, um, because one of the characters again without spoilers, um, is reporting to someone bigger, which is very much a conspiracy level mm -hmm. group. Um, so the idea that compacts are also kind of the training ground for people to hire conspiracies is, is also something that very much happens in this game. Honestly, I think that Peacemaker is about two deviants and three hunters teaming up together. Yeah, no, <laughs> to that's take really some fair. shit down. Because <laughs> I would, you know, you you could really argue that. And I think that I think that would be a fun game to play. <laughs> yeah, it really would. Like I just realized that you can make Peacemaker in Chronicles really easily. Mm -hmm. You you know the uh, the uh, two super powered characters as deviants, and, and even vigilante. Frankly, could just be a hunter with a load of physical merits, or 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 a deviant. Either way, true. Yeah, um, either way. Because I think that he has some scars <laughs> that would activate. Fair. No, that's really fair. <laughs> But then, yeah, like the, uh, you know, human characters in that series would be really fun hunters. Mm -hmm. I want to play that game now. Maybe we should make up the, those deviant characters. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody takes this idea and plays it, please tell me about it. Because this sounds like the most fun. Like, I would love to play Peacemaker as a Chronicles game. <laughs> and I think it would actually be really easy to do. It would be. It would be. Oh, man, I'm excited now. Um, so uh, any other kind of final thoughts about uh, Hunter the Vigil? I just, I think I do like how much of a sliding scale it has. Mm -hmm. Like you can play, you can play fucking Scooby-Doo with it, you know? Yeah. And you can play Buffy with it and you can play Supernatural with it. And you can play anything from like very, very ground level um, games where you don't even leave your hometown, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you can play rural games where it's just a group of people, you know, hunting the one werewolf that's taken up residence in the woods near you or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you could even kind of mess with it a little bit at cell level and play like younger characters. You know, you could do your kind of stranger thing situation with this. Yeah. Or your younger character goonies. investigating something. Yeah, Goonies. You know, oh my god, I think my neighbor's a vampire. Let's mm -hmm. go check that out. Uh, and then you can also play these incredibly high octane. Like, I just saw the trailer for Day Shift. Oh, the, yeah. The daytime vampire movie with, mm -hmm. like, Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg. I'm so excited about this movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's definitely a compact, but maybe a conspiracy, depending on how the movie ends up. Right. Because um, I don't know what tier they're, you know, at. But, like, there's so many things you can play with this. And you can play a game that's fairly nonviolent, where you're just investigating stuff if you want to play more of a ghost hunty kind of game. Or you can turn around and play, you know, y'all are smashing your way through Legions of the Undead. And they're, right. they're, they're all valid play styles. And because of that, 
even though it's less flexible in like character creation than say deviant is i think it's almost one of our most flexible games and what the game can do and be yeah and where the scope can be because like yeah are you saving the world does anybody else know like what what are you doing and that's right. that's that's a cool thing to me mm-hmm. absolutely uh, so if people wanted to chat with you about uh, this amazing uh, Peacemaker game you want to play, in, where to find you online? <laughs> Wants to play that with me? I want to play Vigilante. Nobody can stop me. <laughs> I love Freddy Stroma. Uh, yes. You can find me uh, pretty much everywhere at Dixie Cyanide. You can also find me in the Onyx Path Discord hanging out. Uh, once this comes out, please talk to me about the Peacemaker game that I want to play. Um, if anybody's local, uh, you know, Claire, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm going to make Neil run this for us. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I am super excited. Awesome. And Matthew, how about you? They can find me on MatthewDawkins.com. They can find me on Twitter at DawkinsMP and they can find me lingering around the Onyx Path Discord as ever. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Pugsteady. That's P-U-G-S-T-E-A-D-Y. You can find my website at Pugsteady.com. Uh, and like my friends, you can find me on the Onyx Path Discord. We're going to probably uh, drop the character sheets we create into the Discord channel so people can take a look at them. Um, so if you want to get a sense of what the actual final sheets look like, that's definitely the place to go check those out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, check out the current ongoing Aether Kickstarter because we're really excited about that too. I just realized we didn't name our characters. We well, then it'll be a surprise for people on Discord to find out what your characters' names are. Okay, oh, okay. Mine has a name. Okay, oh, what's your character's yeah. name? Is it Reginald Pewty? That's no. what I thought. <laughs> no, I don't know who Reginald Pewty is. It sounds like a fantastic editor, though. Uh, I, mine is Carla Gavier, Gaviria. There you go. I should have uh, pronounced. Should have chosen a surname that I could very easily pronounce off the top of my tongue. <laughs> it's uh, Carla Gaviria. You know what? I have had a hacker friend in previous games, a hacker street kid friend named Lil Sid. I think I'm going to play Lil Sid. Okay, there you go. I'm Lil. Lil. And not Lil, Lil. Lil. No, it is. It is L I L apostrophe. Um, and Lil Sid is non-binary. Excellent. So they are just a tiny just... cryptid. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, I I identify really heavily with being a a, a tiny cryptid. So. Oh no! If, if, I, I feel you. I'm, I'm definitely like mood, as you would say. <laughs> mood. <laughs> Um, So yeah, so uh, thank you all for hanging out and making characters with me. And as always, many worlds, one path.